Hi there, welcome to Feed That Nation. My name is Natalie Nation and I host this podcast where I talk all things college and health to help you college students to become more successful, more confident, and more healthy. I post new podcast episodes every Wednesday and I post new vlogs every Saturday. Go ahead and subscribe to me on YouTube if that's where you're watching. If you're listening to me on a podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe to me over there. Leave me a comment and a five-star review if you are able. Also go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation. Before we get into the episode today, I wanted to try something new. I know a lot of podcasters will do a regular segment on their show outside of their normal topic. They'll do like a question of the week or they'll recommend something fun for you guys. So I wanted to start doing something like that. So every week on the podcast, I'm going to do a food, a follow, and a fun. I'm going to recommend a food for you guys, someone on Instagram or YouTube or social media in general to go follow, and something fun to do. So this week's food for me is everything but the bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's and I, I've i heard a lot about this from other people on social media and I definitely thought they were just hyping it up for no reason and then I decided to buy it and try it and it is so good. I've been doing a lot of poached eggs on avocado toast lately and I put the EBTB seasoning on top of that and it is so so good. Would definitely recommend you guys give it a try. For someone to follow, I would definitely recommend following Mallory Page at Mal's Fit Kitchen. She, I just started following her a few weeks ago. She is almost a registered dietitian. She just finished up her internship. She teaches fitness classes and she talks a ton about disordered eating, bloating, GI issues, and a whole bunch of other super interesting stuff. And she's just so much fun to watch and listen to. Definitely would recommend to go follow Mal's Fit Kitchen. I'll leave her handle down below and here on the screen. As for my fun, this week I would recommend you guys, within the social distancing rules that your state allows, check out a thrift shop. I went thrifting earlier today wearing a mask, of course, and washing my hands and all of that. And it's so much fun, even if I don't really have an intention of buying anything, just to see what there is and see all the interesting things. I did actually end up buying a picture for my wall. I've been redoing my filming space, in case you can't tell. And I wanted a new picture for my wall, and I'll put a little picture right here on the screen so you guys can see it. But it's super cute. It's just blue and gray and it's got bees on it and I don't know what drew me to this specifically but I just thought it was so cute and I had to get it and it was like six bucks so definitely would recommend if your state is allowing you to go to thrift stores check out a thrift store this week that is my fun recommendation for you so this week's episode I am going to be talking about self-care and this topic has been on my mind a lot recently, this idea of self-care and what that looks like both for college students specifically and what that looks like now here in quarantine, here in this time that we're in. Obviously, I don't need to explain to you guys what's going on right now, but for people watching in the future, we are still pretty much all in the midst of COVID-19. It is the middle of June as I am filming this. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. And I've been realizing that what I used to think about self-care compared to how I understand it now has changed a lot. 
when I first started to think about self-care, when I first heard of the concept, I think I was maybe a freshman in college, maybe a senior in high school, somewhere in there. I didn't really get it and I didn't really understand what it was and I also just thought, well, gosh, I'm just, I'm not very good at self-care. I don't like self-care because I'm not very good at it. But the more and more I think about self-care and the more I understand what it really means and what it does, the more I realized that it wasn't that I didn't know how to self-care, but I just wasn't understanding what it truly means to self-care. And as college students, it's so important that we understand what it is to self-care because obviously this is going to look different in 2020 than it might every other year but in college when you first go off to college and then every year that you're in school since you're essentially sent out into the world to get good grades work enough hours at the right job maintain friendships relationships meeting new people sometimes you're living in new places eating new foods and you're expected to do it very well and you're expected to be successful at it with the ultimate goal of being a successful adult that can be really hard. Like, it's hard to do all of those things really well. And that's where this self-care piece comes in because you can't just go 100 miles an hour 100% of the time, 24-7, because you will get burned out, you will get stressed, you will be anxious, and it's just not fun. But self-care is that piece that allows you to step out of those moments, step out of that busy routine or step out of that stress and take a few moments to just breathe and recharge. Self-care is, for lack of a better definition, the intentional act of caring for yourself. And notice that I said intentional. Self-care has to be intentional. Self-care has to be an active choice that we make. Otherwise, it's not, we're kind of missing the point. And that's where I used to get stuck when I was younger and trying to figure out how to self-care and what it meant for me because I wasn't understanding that self-care has to be an active choice and self-care has to be intentional. The other thing about self-care is, obviously in a perfect world, self-care would be virtually 100% preventative. If you are living in a perfect world and you have the best self-care routine and you're doing it right, you're doing it all the time, self-care is meant to essentially provide you with, yes, moments to breathe and recharge, but also to help you build up your emotional cushion that you need to deal with stressful moments. And I've talked a little bit about the metaphor of the emotional cushion before where life is going to be hard sometimes and things are going to come up unexpectedly and things are going to be difficult. But when you've cared for yourself appropriately and this, I'll get into this a little, little bit later, but caring for yourself can mean a lot of different things. But when you have done the self-care and done the work, you'll have that emotional cushion to allow yourself to deal with difficult situations gracefully and deal with them, process them well so that you're not completely knocked down and you're out for the count for weeks and weeks and weeks with when something difficult comes up. Ironically enough, also my freshman year of college, I took a class at St. Kate's that was essentially a women's health and wellness two credit exercise course. It was it wasn't a very good class if we're being completely honest, no hate to my university, but something I did get out of it was we learned about in one of the classes about the seven dimensions of wellness. Essentially the seven areas of different types of wellness, different types of health in every person's life. 
And those are your physical wellness, your emotional wellness, your intellectual wellness, social wellness, spiritual wellness, environmental wellness, and occupational wellness. And I'll leave a link down below so you can read more about that if you want. But essentially, another piece of self-care is that different acts of self-care are going to care for different parts of your health, for different dimensions of your health. And obviously some acts of self-care are going to knock out a whole bunch of those dimensions of wellness all in one, and some of them might be more specific, just one or two. Exercise, for example, is a great way to care for your physical health, your physical wellness, but also your emotional wellness. If we take that a step further and say, okay, instead of just exercise, we're going to do yoga, well, yoga for a lot of people can also involve spiritual wellness. So not only are you hitting your spiritual wellness, your emotional wellness, and your physical wellness, but if you're doing yoga with your friends, you're taking the time to spend time with your friends to do yoga, you're also hitting that social wellness. So that's just one example, but different types of activities can be considered self-care when they care for different aspects of your well-being. And this is a tough concept, I think, for me at least, when I was learning about self-care, I didn't understand that self-care was more than just lighting candles and doing yoga and journaling and all that kind of like, I like just reverted to like floofy stuff, like girly, like feel good stuff. And self-care is that, but also taking a shower and putting on clean clothes is self-care and feeding yourself when you're hungry is self-care, especially when you're feeding yourself with nourishing, nutritious food. Getting groceries, refilling your medications, and paying your bills are all also aspects of self-care. They don't always feel like it, they don't always seem like it, but you have to make the intentional choice to care for yourself and choose activities and choose things to do for your self-care that take care of different aspects of your wellness. And I think especially, and if you saw last week's video on why I quit my job as a college RA, mental health was a big part of that for me. And back then I really didn't have a good handle on what self-care meant and I just thought it was the floofy girly stuff. When in reality, self-care for me at that point when my mental health was so low literally would have been taking a shower and doing my laundry and doing my homework at times or feeding myself nutritious food instead of eating pretzels and drinking apple juice at midnight. Like, it looks so different for every person, obviously, but then it looks different depending on where you're at in your health, in your physical, in your emotional, in all those aspects of your health and wellness. For me, self-care on a really great day might mean lighting a candle and taking 30 minutes to journal and listening to music that I really like. But on really rough days, again, self-care might literally mean taking a shower and eating three square meals that day. It really depends. And there's no shame in your self-care routine looking different than somebody else's. But again, the piece of this that is so important is self-awareness and being aware of that intentional choice you're making to care for yourself and doing your best to make it a choice that will positively benefit you. Self-care is also a really great tool for helping you to achieve moderation and balance in your life. But self-care itself actually is also a balancing act. And again, back when I didn't really understand what self-care meant, and I would look up on Pinterest like self-care for college students or whatever, and I would see that, oh, watching Netflix is self-care. Okay, great, so instead of doing 
intentional caring for myself, again, doing my laundry, doing my homework, eating nutritious foods, I would just watch four, five, six episodes of Netflix. That wasn't self-care for me back then, and I think that's a really big piece of it that I want to address in this episode is that self-care is great and self-care and activities of self-care are awesome and great for all aspects of your health, except for when they aren't. Because at that point in my life, when I was choosing Netflix as my self-care, it wasn't really self-care because I wasn't caring for the aspects of my health that needed the most. I wasn't caring for my intellectual health or my occupational health. I wasn't doing my homework that I could have been doing, or I wasn't doing aspects of my RA job that I should have been doing. I was choosing to distract myself and ignore the rest of the world, which might have been a good short-term self-care for my mental health, but in reality didn't actually help me and wasn't an intentional choice. It was more of a passive choice, I guess. I watched Netflix because I didn't want to do anything else. And that's a really vulnerable thing for me to admit, I think, but I think it's more common than I realized back then that a lot of times self-care can be kind of twisted in that way and turned into avoidance of what really needs to be done. Maybe another example of where self-care becomes twisted in this way is spending time with friends, maybe going out on a Friday night to have a few drinks and go dancing. That'd be a great way to self-care. That's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, you know, breathing and recharging. But if you're choosing to go out and drink and dance with friends, when you know that you have to be at work at 7 a.m. or that you have a big test that you need to be studying for, that's not really self-care, that's, that's avoidance. Even something simple like eating a snack. Well, eating a snack is great, but when, when eating a snack for self-care becomes emotional eating because you don't have a better way of coping with how you're feeling, that's an issue. And of course, I'm not saying this to shame anybody who's in the situations where you are choosing to avoid the self-care that you need to be doing by distracting yourself with things that feel good in the moment. But I think, again, what I've been saying all along is that self-awareness is truly the most important piece. I think self-care can also be a challenge for college students because, like I said at the beginning, you're trying to navigate such a different routine than what you might have been used to from back in high school or if you're just starting a new semester or you're coming off of whatever your summer routine looked like and diving into your fall semester or your spring semester. It's very easy to let self-care fall to the wayside because other things feel more important sometimes. And avoiding self-care in itself, avoiding taking the time to really think about how you're feeling, ta avoiding taking the time to be mindful, avoiding taking the time to care for your physical health or your spiritual health or your emotional health, that in itself is avoidance because of fear or shame or whatever it happens to be. Because it is sometimes a lot easier just to go to class, go to work, come home, do your homework, sleep, wake up, repeat, repeat, repeat because of oftentimes the pressure of feeling like you need to have it all together and feeling like you need to do it right and feeling like you need to be the best adultiest adult you can possibly be. And that is so hard. It is so difficult. And I'm 100% guilty of 
throwing myself into my routine but completely neglecting my self-care because it's easier to do the work and bury myself in my routine it's so much easier to do that than it is to actually take the time to ask how am I feeling and to check in with myself and to work on the things that need working on. I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I didn't used to know were self-care and give you guys some ideas if you are struggling to figure out what self-care will look like for you. And I've also created a Pinterest board on my Pinterest linked below with a board called self-aware self-care for college students and I've got lots of ideas practical things pinned on there if you want to check it out see some more self-care ideas but something I didn't used to know was self-care was like I said before showering and putting on clean clothes and caring for my physical space so vacuuming and taking out the trash and changing my sheets and washing my sheets I didn't used to know that those things contributed to self-care but they do because not only do I feel better emotionally after I do those things, but my space is cleaner. So it's kind of a an environmental wellness, if you will. And then obviously if I don't have trash on my desk and my sheets are clean, I'm less likely to get sick. And if there's no clothes on my floor, I'm less likely to trip and hurt myself. So that's physical health too. <laughs> I think I'm stretching a little bit with that one, but I didn't used to consider caring for my physical environment as self-care I just I thought it was chores and sometimes it still feels like chores but framing it as an act of self-care has really helped me to be more intentional about including a lot of those things into my weekly or daily routine but there's another aspect of self-care that I didn't really used to think about and I think it falls most closely into emotional wellness and caring for your emotional health as well as your social and your spiritual health but I definitely am guilty of following people on social media who post things that make me feel bad about myself and this became really evident at the start of quarantine when people I would follow who I do respect in real life would start to be posting things like about the quarantine 15 or they would post things about productivity or at-home workouts or eating healthy and I'm totally all here for content that helps people but especially things about weight loss and body shape and the quarantine 15 and sort of that group of content really doesn't make me feel very good about myself and I just I don't need that on my social media feed so something that I've really been intentional about for self-care has been making sure that my social media is lifting me up this doesn't mean, of course, that I don't follow people who have messages that make me uncomfortable or that challenge me to like be my best self, especially within the last few weeks of the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd. I've actually followed a lot more people who are posting about Black Lives Matter and racism and topics that make me as a white woman feel uncomfortable. And I know I'm learning and growing because these things keep showing up on my feed and I keep reading them and really trying to understand them. But I know where my boundaries are and I know that a big boundary for me is I don't like it when people post about weight loss and I don't like it when people post about the quarantine 15 and I don't like it when people post things like that because it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel shame which I don't need to feel shame and it makes me feel just gross. So a big part of self-care for me has been muting those people or unfollowing those people or blocking those people if need be so that I don't get those messages on my social media feed. 
Another piece of self-care that I had to learn how to navigate as a nutrition student is sometimes self-care means eating ice cream. Other times self-care means eating vegetables and lean proteins and whole grains. Sometimes self-care means eating both and it's okay that self-care includes eating foods that are less nutritious but that make me happy and give me pleasure, ice cream for example or chocolate, but self-care also means feeding myself foods that are going to give my body the energy and the nutrients that it needs to do its job because I need that stuff. I need healthy food, I need nutritious food just as much as I need ice cream every once in a while. You know, emotional health versus physical health. But I think part of being a nutrition major is it's very easy for me to get caught up in only eating healthy food and sort of demonizing junk foods. And I've had to really pull myself out of that in terms of self-care because if part of my self-care involves eating my favorite foods and I deny myself that, then that is not self-care. As someone with ADHD, ADD, a learning disability, it took me a really long time to realize that sometimes doing my homework and double checking my Google Calendar and going on Canvas to make sure I've handed in everything, sometimes that in itself is self-care. It's part of, I guess you could put it into occupational health or intellectual health, depending. And homework has always been a pretty big source of stress for me and I've talked about that in other videos but at the end of the day like I said at the beginning of this video when I was choosing to watch Netflix and avoid 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 the fear and shame of what if there's homework that I didn't do or what if there's homework that I don't know how to do choosing to do the homework and to invest in that self-care for me as a student student me learning me that's self-care too and that's something I didn't used to really know and that's something I'm really glad that I am able to reframe because yeah, sometimes I don't want to do my homework and I know I'm in graduate school now, but homework isn't very fun sometimes and I don't want to do it. But doing that homework helps me to be my best self as a student, my wellest self, that's occupational and intellectual wellness. And that's a big part of self-care too right now for me because I'm a student, because I'm on my way to becoming a registered dietitian, doing my homework is part of getting me there. And I have to be intentional about that. One more piece of self-aware self-care is understanding that sometimes self-care is not enough. And it's okay sometimes if you do your self-care and you're being intentional and making choices and you're still unhappy or you're still overwhelmed, you're still burned out, you're still anxious. Editing Natalie here, I just wanted to clarify this section a little bit. What I meant to say here is that sometimes you can be working really hard on your self-care and still be struggling with mental health to the point where you need to speak to a professional or ask for help in other ways. Obviously, I don't want anyone to think that it's okay to be miserable all the time, and there are certainly times when we think we're doing a really good job with our self-care, and in reality, we're not really doing that great of a job caring for ourselves. So that's sort of what I'm getting at here. I just wanted to clarify. At those moments, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to give your therapist a call or give your mom a call, or if you've never seen a mental health professional, part of your self-care might involve making that appointment, taking that first step. 
Self-care for you might also mean, again, like I said before, making sure that you've refilled your medications and that you're taking them regularly if that's something that you need. But if you're at the point where you're really struggling with even the very basic self-care, like taking a shower and feeding yourself, that's a moment where I would really encourage you to reach out and ask for help. And I will leave a few resources down below if that is something that you might need. I would really, really encourage you to seek that out for yourself. There's no shame in needing help or asking for help. And I want you to ask for help because sometimes asking for help is one of the biggest steps that you can take to becoming the best, most successful, most confident, most healthy version of yourself. And that's what I'm here to do as you know, on Feed That Nation, I'm here to help you become confident, successful and healthy. So ask for help, do it. That's what I want you to do. That's what you need to do sometimes and that's okay. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Feed That Nation. If you have and you're watching me on YouTube, go ahead and leave me a comment down below. Leave me a thumbs up on this video and subscribe to my channel. It helps me out so much. If you're listening to me on a podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe to me over there if you are able and leave me a five-star review and rating. Remember, go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation. Until next time, I'll see you soon.